It's time for Breathe Again Magazine, the radio show. A moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Listen to real-life testimonies from women and men just like you who have gone from victim to victorious. Sit back, listen, connect in the chat room, and share the show with a friend. Here's your host, author, and motivational speaker, Nicole Cleveland. Hello, 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 and welcome to Breathe Again, the radio show. Yes, I am your host, Nicole Cleveland, and we come to you with victorious testimonies of faith, victorious testimonies from individuals just like yourself. They've gone through the fire, they've come out the fire, and now they're ready to share their story with someone that may be feeling like they can't make it, someone that may be feeling like, I'm on the verge of giving up. I'm not sure which way I'm going to run, which way I'm going to turn, or if I'm ever going to turn back around. These individuals have gone through, they've come out, and now they're here to share their story so that you, my friend, don't feel like you are by yourself. You don't feel like you're alone because, let me tell you something, the enemy will make you believe that no one in the world understands what you're going through. No one understands where you are, the tears that you're crying. He will make you feel like you are alone and you are by yourself. But he is a liar and there is no truth in him. I want you to hang on in there, my brother, my sister, you that is struggling right now. Hang on in there. Trouble don't last always. It really does not. We live in seasons and so... You're going to have a winter, but you're also going to have a summer, so I want you to hang on in there. Would that be okay? All right. So, look, if you are out on the Internet, and I'm sure you are because everybody is out there, uh, we want you to connect with us. Y'all know I hate when um, people say follow me because I only want you to follow me as I follow Christ. So I want you to connect with me. Connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can connect with Breathe Again on, on Twitter at Breathe Again, uh, Breathe Again underscore Radio Show on Instagram, and that's a new account. And we we just came back. We were locked out for over a year, and we just got back in there. And so we're going to be doing some new and improved things out there on Instagram. That's Breathe Again underscore radio show, as well as Facebook, Breathe Again Magazine, Breathe Again Magazine on Facebook. But you can also follow me, your girl. I'm Nicole C. Online, and we're everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's Nicole C. Online. I promise I won't spam you. I promise you I will only encourage you. I'll only encourage you. And, hey, get on our mailing list. You can um, join our mailing list. You can go to NicoleCOnline.com or BreatheAgainMagazine.org, BreatheAgainMagazine.org. We'd love, love, love to hear from you, love to connect with you, dialogue with you, see what's going on in your neck of the woods and we'll keep you posted about what we have going on as well. So you know what? Y'all know how we do. We um, go into our prayer, and then when we come back from our prayer, we jump right into the show, and we got a fabulous show for you on today. Fabulous show. 
My guest today uh, is Crystal Daniel, Danielle, and she's coming by the show, and she's going to talk a little bit about being unbro- being unbroken and how God puts back the pieces. And she knows firsthand she's a single mother. She was in an abusive relationship, but she's here today to share her story to let you know that you are not alone. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Father, Father, you hear our hearts this morning? We do not want to settle. We do not want to find our comfortable position and put up our tent there and be happy with you blessing me and mine. Father, we understand today that forgiveness and reconciliation and blessing and favor is given for reason, Lord God. It is given for purpose, Father. And today, God, we say forgive us, forgive us, Father, when we have taken on this attitude, Lord God, of all you've done. Father, use us, God, use us, pick us, choose us, Father. We want to spend ourselves. Father, I want to get to heaven with a life poured out, not with a life that looks perfect, Father. I want it to not look good. I want it to be good, Father. We love you today, Father God. We love you today, Father God. We love you today, Father God. Let our love be seen, Father God, on this earth. Let our love be carved out, Father God, on the pavements of our neighborhood. Let our love be carved out for you, Father. Oh, Jesus, for the lonely. Lord, for the state that we were in. We were in that state, God. Yet someone bothered to take the time and present you to us. We'll never, ever take it for granted. And in turn, we live our lives as a thank you. I just thank you, Father. I just thank you. Amen. Amen. That is um Sterling Sheck and Israel Newbreed. Love, love, love that prayer because it is my testimony. I don't want a life that just looks good. I really want it to be good. And every day that we get to wake up, we should be living our lives as a thank you. You know, every day we find out someone else has gone on to glory, somebody else has transitioned, and they're not transitioning at 80 and 90 years old. I just found out today that um, the gentleman, Neil Winters from Young and the Restless, uh, passed away, 52. God bless his family. God bless those that were close to him, that loved him. But 52 years young, he they found him and he was dead. He didn't think, I don't believe last week, he thought he was going to die this week, but that's why we have to live our lives as a thank you. And a, a, a little nugget about me, I grew up on Young and the Restless, and so um, in the early 90s, when he came to Young and the Restless, I thought he was my boyfriend. And I did, y'all. I thought he was my boyfriend. But um, God bless him and his family. So let's jump right into the show, right in the show. Now I have Crystal Danielle. She is the CEO of Unbroken LLC. 
Now, she was in an abusive relationship. She hit rock bottom in a town where she knew no one but her abuser. She was without hope and afraid for her life and the life of her daughter. It was at that point that she did the only thing that she could think of. It was the one thing she vowed many years before that she would never do. She prayed. She vowed that if God would save her from her situation, she would give her life to him. That was the turning point in which things began to change for her. She made friends who quickly became family. Through her faith and her newfound family, she was able to escape a situation that threatened to end her life. Now, she's on the show. She is, um, she has, she's an aspiring author. Her book will be coming out. She is a writer. I tell you, she is fab, fab, fab. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You are so happy more than here. welcome. Amen, amen, and I'm so happy for you to be blessing us with your story. Let me stop and let me pause and just say thank you for your transparency because uh, many people are going through or have gone through what you're about to share, and they feel like they're by themselves. And so for you being transparent that gives someone a glimmer of hope that they too can make it. So thank you for your transparency. No problem. Thank you. Now, Crystal, let's go back a little bit. So how would Crystal uh, describe Crystal to a stranger? Who is Crystal Danielle? (laughs) Crystal Danielle is a bubbly, happy go lucky now um, person, very headstrong, very outspoken, very faith-filled, very loving and caring, and just determined to be the best version of herself, and not just for her, but to inspire others to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you are married, so shout out to your husband. Yes. Love, love, love us yes. from then. <laughs> yes. And your baby yes. girl. <laughs> yes. Your baby yes. girl I as have well. Family. Yes. You yes, absolutely that. do. You do. Yes. You do. Thank you. So let take us back, Crystal. Take us back for um, to when you were growing up, what type of childhood mm-hmm. did you have? Did you um, did you struggle during your childhood years? Because uh, I read that you did a lot of writing in your teenage years, and a lot of times mm-hmm. uh, writing and journaling um, just from firsthand knowledge comes from, mm-hmm. you know, some struggles and being broken. And, and did you have some issues yeah. growing up? I grew up as an only child of a single parent. Um, I was actually born out of a situation, and I was born as a result of an extramarital affair. And so um, I didn't have a good relationship with my father. I was seen as a kind of an outcast in my mother's family. And so um, there was some rejection there. And I just battled with anger so much when I was younger. And so I would have these tantrums. And eventually, um, I was given a journal, and I was told, why don't you put your anger and your feelings in this journal and stop tearing up your room? (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
So that's what I began to do. Um, I, I began to express myself through my writing, through my journals, through my diaries. Um, but I never shared them with anyone. I, um, when I was about 11 years old, a teacher was the one who actually discovered I had the gift to write. And um, I wrote an essay, and she said, do you see that you, you've created poetry within this essay? And she showed it to me, and she asked me, did you write this? And I said, yes, ma'am, I did. And she said, I, I, I think I have something for you. And that's when she introduced me to Young Women's Voices. And that's when not only I discovered my ability to write, write poetry, write stories, but I discovered my voice. And um, we started to perform throughout New York City and the effects that it began to have on people, adults, you know, my poetry, my voice, just my feelings, just being heard. It was something I'd never expected, and so many people saw more in me than I ever imagined in myself, that I would be able to impact them um, as a child. They just would speak over me and say, you're, you're going to be a writer. You're going to be, you know, the president. You're going to be an orator. And I just, to me, I was just personal. I was just a girl. I was hurting, and it was the only reprieve I had because I didn't grow up in a situation where we talked about feelings. You know, we had I had stuff. My mom was able to provide for me. You know, my dad provided financially, even though he couldn't provide emotionally. So I had a lot of stuff, but we didn't talk about emotions. We didn't talk about feelings. We didn't talk about how to um, have coping mechanisms. And that is what my poetry became. It was my coping mechanism. Wow, thank you so much for that. And thank you for sharing um, the rejection that you felt growing up from being the result of a child of an affair. I really want to um, talk a little bit about that um, mm-hmm. because there's so many children that are growing up and they are you right now and they feel like mm-hmm. they're lost and they feel like they're not wanted and they, they, they have mm-hmm. so many confidence issues and self-sabotaging themselves because they felt like they weren't supposed to be here. So, Crystal, you know, Breathe Again is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. So what would you tell that child or that teenager that is a child from an, uh, an affair, the result of an affair, that feels unwanted? I would tell them that you are not a mistake. Um, I would tell them that your purpose of what you're going to become is not based on the actions that your parents um, performed or did. You weren't an accident. There's a reason for you to be here. There's something great within you. When God decided that you were going to come into being, he had something so great and so purposeful for you. Don't be ashamed. Don't. I know it's it's lonely, you know, because a lot of us who are um, results of affairs, we have siblings that we don't know. There's a whole family 
that we don't know. You know, there are grandparents who know nothing about us, and some of us will never know them. I've never met my grandparents. I've never met my um, father's siblings because of the stigma attached to my life. Um, but it, everything that I went through, it made me who I am. I was sad then. I was felt rejected then. I felt alone then. But those very things, um, learning how to prosper even though you're by yourself, is, is, some, is a skill that many people don't have. A lot of people cannot make it without, you know, a significant other or their friends. But when you're in a situation like that, it teaches you how to thrive by yourself. It teaches you how to be a success in the face of adversity. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. You know, people talk, don't talk about you. <laughs> um, but you're going to get something great. There, it, it takes a special person to survive that and then, you know, transform into what you're going to be, you know, I, I have no other way to explain it except there's, there's something in you that's going to be so great that people are going to love. And um, this is not it for you. This is not the end all and be all. You're not, you know, there are things that you, your parents might say, you just like your daddy, and you know that that's not a good situation, and that will mess with your self-esteem. But don't look at that as, I'm never going to be anything good. Can I be anything That's better it. than what he was? You know, don't look at it like that. Look at it as, you know, our parents have their own feelings assigned to situations that they sometimes put off on others, including us as children. They don't mean it, but they're hurt too. They're going through too. And um, I know we want to believe that our parents are perfect. You know, we don't see many flaws in them, especially when you grow up with a single mom and she's doing everything she can to provide for you, to make a way for you, to make you feel loved as best she can. You know, um, you don't want to believe that anything she may say or do is wrong. But recognize that she's just doing the best she can. And it's not always easy for her to help you be where you need to be. So you have to start to see if you can seek some mentors who are going to help you go towards a positive life. Um, for me, even though I didn't have a lot of male figures growing up, I did have a mentor in school, um, actually by the name of Bear Faithful, who helped to pull me back around on the right track. Though I did have um, writing as an outlet, I still rebelled. I still did things that were against the grain. And when he saw that I was going off to the left, but I had so much potential, he made sure to put me in programs that would help catapult me to be able to go to my next level. So I wound up working for, um, I believe it was Juilliard, when I was in New York City, no, sorry, Lincoln Center, he made sure I had a, my first job was working at Lincoln Center as a stage tech because he knew if he didn't get me a job, I would be in the streets doing things I didn't have any business doing. Um, he right, got me right. into the summer college program. You know, he encouraged me to do inter-contests and things of that nature. Sometimes, you know, 
you have to seek those type of mentors that are going to pull you on the right track because yeah. your yeah. parents may not be able to give you everything. They can only give you the best of themselves, but sometimes they're lacking. You know, so yeah. seek that. Seek a positive influence. That will help you to grow and be better. Be better. That's great. That's awesome advice. Awesome advice, Crystal. Talk to me a little bit about you finding yourself in an abusive relationship. You were miles away from your your family. Oh, you knew man. no one in the town. How in the world did you get out of that? That was like a lifetime movie, girl. Yes, it was. Um, when my mom passed away in 2004, I was devastated. Um, I was young. I had just had a child. Um, I lost my mom to colon cancer, so I watched her deteriorate over a period of time. And emotionally, I was a wreck. Um, but having my daughter, I knew I needed to do what I had to do to take care of her, to survive. But I still, when I talked about earlier, you know, as a single, having a, being a child of a single parent, you know, a, you, they can only do as much as they can do. They're one person, and they have their own issues, and they have their own flaws. And um, I had issues, and I had flaws, and I wanted to be loved. You know, my, I lost my, my mom, my strength, my backbone, and all I wanted to do was to be loved. You know, and I had this little girl, and I'm doing everything I can to take care of her. And I just wanted a family. I wanted her to have a family. I wanted her to have the mom, dad, um, you know, component that I never had. And I began to seek love in the wrong relationships, the wrong people. And um, I met a guy, um, and he promised me the world. You know, he said, I have a house, and I want to take care of you. I want to provide for you and your daughter. Well, I'm hearing a lot of feedback. I'm hearing a lot of feedback. I'm not sure. I'm um, sorry about that. If it's the area. That That's okay. That's okay. I'm sorry. Um, but um, he said he wanted to provide for us. He wanted to um, just give us a life that we did not have. And I, I wanted that. I wanted my, my daughter to grow up in a two-parent home, and I wanted to be married, and I wanted to be loved. And I thought that this person was going to be that person. So I left my job. I left um, at the time I was living in Washington, D.C. I, I had worked my way up to a very good position, making very good money, but I was missing something, and I thought that this individual had what I was missing, and I left everything I knew, and I moved to a small town in South Carolina, and the week after I got there, I knew I was in a bad situation. Um, this individual isolated me, not just from my friends and family that I was still in contact with, but didn't even allow me to leave um, our home. I always had to leave with him. I couldn't go anywhere without him. He was very emotionally abusive. He was not physically abusive, but he was threatened physical abuse, like, you know, towering over me and getting in my face and, you know, um, speaking to me negatively, talking about, you know, cursing me out and in front of my daughter, which my daughter was not accustomed to seeing. 
And that went on for a few months. And um I didn't have I I didn't have a job. I couldn't you know, I didn't have transportation so I didn't have a way to get to work. Um and he control he even controlled that where I would work, where I would go, if I could leave the house. And um my daughter was fearful. She was always nervous, you know, and she would say, I don't want to live here. But I didn't have anywhere else to take her. And so um, eventually a situation arose where there was some fun, some finances became available to me, um, actually as a result of my mother passing that I had never claimed. And um, I secretly applied to be able to get those benefits that were due me. And um, when those benefits came, it wasn't enough at that particular moment for me to leave. But I, I just squirreled them away. I didn't let him he know. Was diligent. And then, yes, yes. And um, then other doors and avenues started to open up. But I think the turning point was it was a specific day and I was sitting at a computer, and I, I, I just didn't have a way out. And I was listening to some worship music, and I said, God, you know, I know years before when I lost my mother, I said, you know, the words, smite me, mighty smiter. Like, I'm done with you. Mm. There is no God. Mm. I, I, I just don't believe that you exist because a God that I'm reading about would never allow the the one person in this world who loves me more than themselves to leave me. Yeah. And I said I would just never, ever call on the name of God or Jesus. And, and I think, you know, um, when I'm going to pause right there, Crystal, mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. that's so real because we go mm-hmm. through that. Individuals deal with stuff like that. People walk around and they feel like they, they're so heavenly high, they're no earthly good. They really aren't because yes. they're so, oh, I would never say that and I would never do that. But we do. Like, why me, God? Why? I know they say yes. no question, God, but we do that. And so I wanted to make sure that people understand that that is a very real conversation that individuals have with God. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And um, but in that moment, I knew I didn't have it. It was no one else for me to call. I didn't have anybody who was going to save me, who was going to rescue me. And even having access to finance did not automatically mean I can get up and leave because where would I go? How was I going to sustain myself? What was my plan? I didn't have a plan, and I could not take a six-year-old and just run. And so I sat there and I began to listen to worship music and I began to pray. And he said to me, God doesn't want to hear from you. Mm. If there's a God, he wants nothing to do with you. Mm. And I looked and it was almost as though I had to hold myself back. And I said, God, if you want me to make it out this situation with both of us being alive, you're going to have to save me. And if you save me, I will serve you. And it was almost like something broke. And things just began to change and accelerate 
it was, you know, my unemployment came through. I got the courage to say, when my daughter gets on the bus in the morning, when I put her on the bus, I'm not walking back to that house. I'm going to be fully dressed. I'm going to go to the bank, and I'm going to start looking for me an apartment, start looking for me a job, even if that means that I'm going to be yelled at, even if that means I'm going to, if I get in a cab and leave this property, if he's going to get in a car and follow me in the cab, (laughs) that's the type of life I was living. I was living like I was in a prison. My God, my God. I I was determined that this was not going to be it. And so I I did that. I, I looked for a job. I looked for my way out, and I was, my self-esteem was so low. And one day I said, I'm going to get my hair done. And I went. And when I went to get my hair done, that's where I met my godmother. And that was a divine appointment. In that beauty parlor, she prayed for me. And my life began to change. We, she, she didn't let go of me. She said, you, you keep my number, you call me. If you need anything, I'm here for you. She did not know me from a can of paint, but she knew that she had an assignment, and I was her assignment, and I am not an easy assignment. But <laughs> she was determined that she was going to help me. And so she began to talk with me, and I began to leave the house more. And I said, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm in this small town. I have to learn how to drive. I started taking driving lessons in secret. Yeah. And I think, the, was, I think mm-hmm. the key point of all of this in this story is that you did mm-hmm. all this with the help of God, and you did this while he yes. was at work, right? When he would leave... Yes. You had a plan, and you executed that plan. Yes, because I had to make it out. If I stayed there, I I believe that if he could have, he would have, you know, because even after I left, he tried to take my life. But if I would have stayed there, he definitely would have took my life. Mm -hmm. My God. But God, but God. And you made it out of that situation. And I made it out. Yeah. I made it out. And and look at God. Look at God and look at what God has done for you. And and then Brother Ben, Brother Ben. Yes. (laughs) He has brought brought me full circle. Yes. (laughs) You know, sometimes you're looking for something and it shows up in the way you don't expect. I was looking for a family, and I thought I, the only way to get it was by going to a man, right? Uh-huh. But I left that yeah. man, and I found God. Uh-huh. And God gave me a whole, I always say, he gave me a whole family. He gave me my godmother, my godfathers, brothers, sisters, things that I didn't have growing up. I didn't have siblings growing up, you know, but he gave them to me. He even made it so that my godmother had the same last name as me, and so do my brothers. Like, oh, wow. things only God can do. You know, we began to go to church together. I began to seek God for myself, have my own relationship with God. And then fast forward three years after that, I was married. 
Okay. And so. And you've been married the, for how long now, uh, Crystal? Now I've been married going on, this is the seventh year. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. God is just. God is faithful. He's so faithful. Crystal, I, I want is. you, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, mm-hmm. I want you to share about Unbroken because yes. I just think you're on to something, and I think your story is phenomenal. I've told you this before, and yes. Unbroken is really going to put the pieces back together for so many women. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening. You are listening to Breathe Again, the radio show with your host, Nicole Cleveland. I'm here with Crystal Danielle, and she is the founder of Unbroken LLC. If you've been with us the entire show, you just heard her phenomenal story of growing up and um, being a child up from an affair, um, being in an abusive relationship. And so she just shared her story with transparency to help someone else, and this led her to found Unbroken LLC. Crystal, talk to me about Unbroken. How was it birthed? Unbroken um, came about, I was in, in, in 2016, I was in a very bad car accident, and um, during that time, that accident, I, I, I was hurt very badly. And that accident shook my faith. It was the first time since I had given my life to God that I began to question God. And I wasn't sure which way I would go. Um, I knew God was there because he saved my life. I should not have made it out of that accident, but I did. And... um. But at the same time, I felt like, why me? I, I'm living for you, God. I'm doing what you asked me to do. You know, why did this happen to me? And then for another point in my life, even though I had, you know, my immediate family, my husband, my daughter, and, of course, the family I had made over the years, I felt alone because I was in a place when you go through a trauma even though you may have people who are physically around you, what you're experiencing emotionally, mentally, and physically and within your body, it can isolate you. And it almost took me back to that place where I felt like I was cut off from everyone. And during right before that time, I had started a, um, a ministry of sorts called Moments with Crystal, where I would encourage people and God encourage them in their their faith and their passion and things like that. And after I went through this tragedy, I felt like I was unworthy because I began to question God. 
And um, so during that period, I eventually would just get alone and just ask God, you know, why me, why me, why me? Why did this happen to me? I was feeling bad, you know, feeling sorry for myself. I was throwing a pity party. And um, I didn't feel like I could be used because I was in my pity party. And I remember God saying to me, no one else was there, but I was there. I was there with all power. And you lived. And I said, okay. I, I can't leave God because he, he done saved me time and time again. But I didn't have that passion that I had. I didn't have that unbridled happiness in God. I don't know any other way to put it. It's just like almost like when you're a new Christian, you just go, 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 go. And then when something happens, you know, it's kind of like it pu- you you pull back a little bit. And that's where I was. And um, I was in my living room. And I was watching, I can't remember, uh, one of the um, ministers on TV, and I rededicated my life to God. And I said, okay, God. I had got real with him. I told him everything. I was angry about everything I was feeling. My body wasn't healing the way I wanted to heal everything. I just got real with him. And he said, now I can use you. And audibly, as I'm speaking to you right now, I heard you are more than the sum of your broken pieces. My God. And I said, wow. Because it's so, I mean, I mean, I was physically broken. I was emotionally broken. I was mentally broken. And I said, you mean to tell me all these broken places in me are more than that? Mm-hmm. You're more than that. And that's when I began to look at what I have been through differently, not just in that traumatic experience, but I began to look back on my life and see how I've been through so many different things that could have stopped me. But I used those things to get to where I, where I am now, where I was at that moment, right before that accident. The, the same strength and the same you know, broken pieces that I stood on to get out of that abusive relationship or to stand strong in being a single mom or, you know, to reestablish my faith with God. Those were the, those, that's what got me to those places then. But now I was going to use the broken pieces that I was suffering in at that moment to be greater than I had ever been. And so I began to, as I rededicated my life to God, I began to look at different areas, and I said, okay, physically, I had lost uh, 65% usage, I believe it was, in my right arm, which is my dominant arm, and I could not do things that I was used to doing. You don't realize how much you, you need certain parts of your body until you cannot physically use them. And so I said, I can sit here and not do what they're telling me to do, or I can push myself. So I begin to exercise that arm every day through the pain, through the tears. My family would even, we would all sit around, and they would say, go, Mom, go, go, babe, go, and I just did it. You know, I, I didn't worry about the pain because I knew that I wanted to be able to write. I knew that I wanted to be able to wash myself. I, I mean, basic things, I had to push past it emotionally, 
driving, I, I, I began to just loathe it. I did not want to be in a car, but we live in Virginia. <laughs> if you're going to get yeah. somewhere in a timely fashion, you need to drive. So I pushed myself. I drove further than I had to drive some days. I drove around. I got back on the highway. I made myself drive instead of my husband drive to the south side so that I can start to overcome that fear because fear will isolate you. It will keep you bound, and it will stunt your growth. So I had to be determined. And so that's what I did there emotionally, something that I know many of us do not talk about, especially in the faith-based community. I had to relearn some coping skills. So I decided, and my husband decided, that it would be best for me to seek therapy, and that's what I did. And I began to relearn. I'm an advocate for therapy. (laughs) Yes, yes. Therapy is is needed. You know, we go through different things, different seasons, and some seasons, you know, some winters are way worse than others. And you need a little help being able to overcome. And so those are the things that I did to heal. And when I started to come out, I said, okay, I can't, I'm more than the sum of my broken pieces. And I began to to witness to other people who were going through their situations and telling them, oh, no, honey, I know you've been through this situation, but you're going to make it out. Let me help you. What can I do? How can I help you get there? And it just, it, it just continued. It didn't stop. And I remember one day saying to God, you have to take me through all of this just so I can inspire people to get out of their situation, to do more, to be better. You can just told me, <laughs> you know. But the honest truth is, how would I have related to them? I would, they need, people want to see an example. You know, we have a Bible, but we are a living epistle. And so they want to Absolutely. see that you are still dedicated to God. You are still living a holy life. You are still, you know, chasing after him, even after all you've been through. And if you can do it, they can do it too. You know, it's like the word says, you know, who will go? And this, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact name, but he said, send me. Here I am, God, send me. And it's like, you know, yeah. sometimes as saints, we say those things, but when you live those things, it's a different story. Yes, ma'am. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So, Crystal, how how can the audience um, reach out to you? How can they learn more about um, Unbroken? We have just a few minutes left. So how can they um, connect with you? Um, We have a website. You can reach us at www.unbrokenllc.com. Um, and on there you will find our links to our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our YouTube channel. Um, there are motivational videos that we do have. We um, do motivational posts weekly. And um, my email, which is unbroken at unbrokenllc1 at gmail.com, um, and I'm available for um, motivational speaking, for seminars, um, and just any 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 way I can be of assistance to help somebody be the better version of themselves to reach their goals, to reach their visions. I'm available. We at Unbroken, Amen. we are available. Amen. 
And real quick, Crystal, you have a book coming out, and you know I love me some authors and aspiring <laughs> authors and books that encourage. Tell, just give us a little sneak peek about what it's go, what's going on, and what can we expect? What you can expect um, from Unbroken, the guide to being your best self, is going to be a book that is going to be more of a journal a planning journal, um, to deal with your now and to plan for your future. And we're going to take you step-by-step on a journey to being a better version of you. I love it. When is it set to release? It's set to release in late April of 2019. That's right. Put a date on it, baby. Put a date on it. (laughs) I love it, love it, love it. Well, Crystal, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by. I want to say thank you for your transparency. Thank you for opening up. And y'all heard it here first. Now she has a website. Y'all go to unbrokenllc.com. Learn all about Crystal. If you need a guest speaker, motivational speaker, you need someone that's going to encourage the people, y'all reach out to Crystal because she is there. And you know what I love about my guests and I love about you, Crystal, is that you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it to help somebody else. And that's when God opens those doors and he blesses us. So Unbroken LLC, Unbroken LLC. Dot com. You can reach out to Crystal and go to Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, YouTube, and connect with yes. her there as well. So, Crystal, thanks yes. so much for stopping by. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. More than welcome. All right, listeners, that has been our show. I know you were blessed by Crystal, and I love having people on here that can encourage you, and I know her story can encourage you as well. I know it did encourage you. So thank you so much for stopping by the show on today. God bless you, and have a super fabulous day. And now, an ad from Dad. All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.